Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome along, Fano. It is the very last Rugby Pass Shortball podcast for the year. Scotty Stevenson joined, as always, by Mills Muliaina and a very special guest today, Captain of the Blues, James Parsons. Welcome, Chipper. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's okay, mate. No one else answered their call, but you did, <laughs> and I really appreciate that about you. I'm an uh, absolute workaholic, mate. I've got a beer, and you've just come out of an altitude chamber. Talk yeah. us through that scenario. Oh, that was horrific. What's um, happened? Well, I can't do any high-intensity work due to the old shoulder surgery. Um, so I was looking for a different way to skin a cat. Uh, so it's my own fault it's my own idea. Uh, but at 4,000 metres uh, above sea level in a chamber, mm. uh, walking up uh, a machine that's based on you know learning to go up Everest, <laughs> the old calves and the old lungs were uh, <laughs> under a bit of stress. Are, are you, in, you see you in this by yourself. There's no one else that's injured at the moment? Um, th- there is, but they're, they're doing... Other methods. And what made you come up with this stupid idea? It was because I was trying to, you know, just recreate the the lung pressure that the boys will be doing on the field and um, just in a different way, something Re- new. The lung pressure. Oh, it's getting technical these days. Oh, yeah, so look at you, Simo. I'm just loving a beer. Quite just frankly. happy days. I am happy days. That's a hell of a job too. Uh, how long are you going to do this for? for well, I'm, I'm locked in pretty much every day <laughs> uh, for the next three weeks. So that, oh, that's wow. me. So 40 minutes, I understand. Yeah, 40 it, minutes is, is your max you're allowed in there. And what's um, that equivalent to at sea level? It's close to three hours, they reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I've been told. I'm that's, puffing, that's the walking up the three flights of steps to the, uh, to the podcast studio, and you've just spent 40 minutes trying to climb Everest at 4,000 Well, oh, I didn't get far up Everest. <laughs> I can give you the tip. <laughs> Got about 700 metres up and I stopped. Just remember, JP, it's about getting down again. Yeah, I it's know. It's about getting down. There's no point reaching the summit if you don't make no. it back. Well, I'm only at 4,000 at the moment. They, they think Everest is seven and a half, so... Mm. I'll, I'll be aiming to get there in three weeks, hopefully. But, Jipper, on a serious note, though, like, you know, every year, like the South African boys, they're always at altitude, right? And they train at altitude f- for ages. But it's, sometimes it doesn't really sort of transpire to the field. You know, if you, you sort of notice the game, the game that we play is a lot faster. When I say we, our super rugby teams, but they just sit, don't seem to sort of get to a sort of uh, fitness level that we do. I mean, is, yeah, the, is that going to happen to you? So the, <laughs> the science behind it is it's probably not going to make me fitter, so to speak, but it's it's more around keeping the old skin folds low and, and 
you know, keeping the heart rate at a high level so that when I come back, it's, it's not as hard uh, uh, to transition back onto the field. But no, going from altitude to sea level, you know, there's not going to be a hell of a lot of difference. But I can't do anything else, so I'd rather try and put myself through a bit of grunt work um, rather than watching. Just thinking about this, you've obviously um, skipped the blues and um, you've got a stare on you because you're sitting across <laughs> the table from me like... No, do you got, like, I'm a nice guy. I know you are, I'm but, you nice look, but you've got a you've got a gaze. It's it's a very it's a very piercing gaze. Yeah. I, I would uh, hate to be a, a, you a think teammate. It's piercing of, now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I'd hate to be one of your teammates when you're arcing up. Like, I don't think they're a fan either. <laughs> it's, uh, it's I'm quite, on my way out. It's quite unnerving looking at you because you don't yeah. blink much either. That's half no. the problem, I think. Well, it's, fair, it's fair to say it's. Um, it's not a not a fan favourite amongst the crew, but deep down I'm a nice guy, I promise. Now you've got a good soldier, but that's for sure. Hey, we're going to cover off uh, looking ahead to the season that is now just around the corner. Can you believe it? Super Rugby, all the teams back into pre-season today uh, or I yesterday. You, I can't believe it. I've um, blinked. But we want to go back, I suppose, on the short ball today and, and look back at the year that was. Uh, and I guess we'll start with Super Rugby, boys. Um the Crusaders uh, are something else as a team. I mean, Jipper, you've uh, played them a number of times recently and it's very rare that the Blues get a victory over that team these days. What makes them so tough to play against? What makes them so good as a team, in your opinion? I think their squad depth. They've, they've got All Blacks you know, in that front line, but then they've got guys that are you know, on the fringe of the ABs uh, pushing pushing them along and then if there's a few injuries they seem to always survive and mm. and then I suppose it's their attitude uh, to you know not giving up you know we'll talk about the obvious game we were up I think by 26 points down in Christchurch this year and they came back to win that one uh, in the last 15 minutes uh, so it's, it's it's assets like that I suppose in terms of their cattle but then also their mental uh, capacity as well to you know stay in the fight. It is something extraordinary, and it's not exclusive to the Crusaders, mm. but, but for some reason when that team gets it right, it is almost inevitable that they win. Yeah. And we saw that this year, not just that comeback against uh, the Blues, Jip, but uh, against the Highlanders twice this year, the Mitch Hunt drop goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the great moments of the season. They did it down at Forsyth Bar. Every time they got behind in a game, they the just Reds. They got against yeah, the, Reds, the Reds, exactly right, with Mitch Hunt again kicking that goal to win. I mean, those are the kind of victories that really do separate the great teams from the rest, aren't they? Oh, they're, they're massive. And you, you talk about that, the guy that sort of won those two games. It's Mitch Hunt. It's not... Uh, 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 it's not Richie Moanga. It's Moanga, not Dan it's Carter. Not Dan it's not Andy Carter. Moves, that's right. I mean, how much sort of confidence does that give a youngster like that to be able to say, well... My peers, who are a, a lot more experienced than me, have got the, the confidence to say, well, you can do what you want and you finish this game off and, and he'll go away and, and win it. And so that's the culture they create. And it's not just the Crusaders, it's, it's, it's Canterbury. And just when people think, you know, they've lost the game, all of a sudden they lose the game, they think, oh, yep, you know, everyone's got the, there's, there's, a, bit of, there's a bit there that we can analyse and try and beat them. But they just sort of take another gear and, and off they go again. So and as like Jipper said, you know, it's just what they create down there. It's massive. Do you feel you still have that, Rivalry with the Crusaders. I mean, they've been on top for so long now in, the, in that battle between the Blues and the Crusaders. Do you, do you guys feel like that rivalry is uh, still what it once was between Canterbury, Auckland, the Blues, the Crusaders? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a massive week for us. Um, you know, I think every battle is, but I suppose the Chiefs and the Crusaders, you know, are, are big, you know, derby games for us. And, um, you know, it's the, the big weeks, the test match weeks, and that's that's how we know mm. we're going to have to perform because, you know, they've, they've got a lot of tests 
match quality players uh, down there. But yeah, from our point of view, we we obviously understand we're probably a little bit of the minnow, so to speak, with uh, past results. But yeah, we always believe that we can go down there and do something special. Belief, it's uh, it's an attribute that, it, you know, it's hard to study and it's hard to quantify, but it's got to be there, doesn't it? And uh, I think we'll get to the end of year two of the Autumn Internationals in just a moment where belief, I think, counts for a lot. But how do you instill that in a team, boys? You've both been through pre-seasons. You've both been through Super Rugby campaigns. How do you work that into your uh, daily structures, into your team culture, the belief that you can win? Yeah, I think um, it's... A- comes in results I think plays a lot of part like uh, if you watch I think going to the Crusaders and winning those close ones or coming from behind that would have created uh, such a belief that they're unstoppable and and, and it's moments like that that you have to foster and it's it's not it's not luck or anything they've they've created that through their preseason but at the end of the day in this competition if you get off to a slow start results wise you're just chasing your tail and then you know there are a few questions so it's it's making sure you've got your ducks ducks in a row pre-season and then once you take them out into the field, you implement them, they get executed, that's where the belief will come because you're seeing the results from the work. But yeah. if you don't see that, then absolutely, going to be under and, and the you're right. And I think the teams, that the successful teams and the non-successful teams that I've been involved with over the years, you've got to get that sort of implemented in the, in the pre-season. If you don't get that right uh, in terms of um, you know everyone being aligned, you know, the culture, um, you know, the... Um, the non-negotiables in terms of setting things up, um, then that goes a long way. Then all of a sudden, if you start winning, I mean, I know you guys um, had a, a great preseason, but then that first game is it's crucial. You know, if mm. you can get onto a roll nice and early, then you know that creates confidence. And then, as you say, if you're if you're winning those games where you know, the Crusaders won, you know, they're 26 points down. All of a sudden, you've got a little bit of belief, and you know you're good enough to to ride out those tough moments. And and so a lot. Can be can be said by the first sort of you know three or four rounds of the competition, mm-hmm. and if you can sort of um, get a bit of confidence, win a few games uh, you know on, on the trot, then you know it, it just creates that really really good culture, and then everyone believes and everyone buys into it. And, and it, I think um, the most important guys are the guys that don't really get to start. You mm-hmm. know, they are the ones that really should drive should drive. And it, it, it's a really tough thing to be able to do. The guys that don't get selected. You know, the third or the fourth week, it can be tough, but they're gonna they're gonna have to set the standard. And if you don't get those guys on your side, then it's just gonna be a hell of a long year. I've always said about, um, or for a long time about the Blues, one of the one of the genuine challenges here that I think is overlooked, um, and you well know, Chip, there's a lot of criticism about the Blues every year when you don't get results because there's this notion that, hey, you've got all the talent at your disposal. Hey, you're the biggest city. Hey, look at your first fifteen competition. Why aren't we getting uh, the wins to go with uh, the potential. Auckland's a tough city to have a rugby team in in terms of keeping tight. And you look at the Highlanders and the bond that they have so obviously formed in Dunedin, you can walk across Dunedin in 10 minutes. They all live in close, close proximity, which means that after training, there's always a coffee here or a catch-up there. When, you, when you're in Auckland, and I think this is the unique thing about the Blues, um, guys finish training, they've got to get home. Some live in South Auckland, some live on the shore like you do, some live out west, some live out east. It's really hard to say to the guys, hey, let's finish training and we'll go catch up for a cup of coffee because basically it's in the car and beat the traffic. Is, is that a, an ongoing issue for the Blues? I think, um, look, we've certainly acknowledged it in the past as an issue and, you know, traffic and families and things like, for instance, Jimmy Tupo's catching the train at the moment just to beat the traffic um, mm. from out south. So it's, it's an issue, but the way we've discussed it in, in our leadership week, 
just prior, we have to bring something to the table in terms of that to change it. And uh, we've got a few plans around it, like trying to have dinners and, and things and maybe starting training a little later so that, you know, we finish a little later and then we can have team dinners and stuff in our complex, which is, you know, second to none. Yeah, it's great. Um, mm -hmm. So, we look, we know it's an issue, but we're also trying to implement things that, you know, can change it up. And, and I think the biggest thing is, as a player and as an individual, you've just got to bring something to the table for the culture and whatever that is, you know, some of some people like horse racing and punting and, and some other people enjoy a beer, others enjoy a coffee. So whatever it is, everyone just jumps on board and, has, you know, has a crack at it. Because it's easy for an issue to become an excuse. Yeah, and look, it? it's not an excuse because, uh, you know, if we don't change it, we're, we're going to continue to get the same results. So mm. uh, we're certainly not afraid of that change. We just uh, haven't found the key just yet to open the door, but hopefully uh, we, we'll get it this year. Millsy's nodding sagely. I am. I, yeah. I, I think, you know, and a lot has been talked about the Blues <coughs> uh, and what talent they have got. But, you know, coming out of the, la the preseason last year, there was even the other teams were talking about, you know, this is, you know, the Blues are looking really, really good. You mm. know, this, you know, they've got an exciting team and they have. You've got a lot of talent. Um, there's a lot of leadership there, there as well. So, in some ways, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm actually quite excited, you know, that, it, you know, the, the, the Super Rugby season has finished for this year. But, you know, here's another chance now to see. Which I believe, you know, I'm honestly confident that the, the Blues will have a, a decent year. I, I, I'm the same with you. I start every season feeling that way because on so paper, so does Jibber. Starts every year staring at everyone, going, "This ain't bad. This ain't bad." I got to make sure I smile tomorrow. Now, yeah, you know, you do. Yeah, that's a, just it's the raising yeah. of the eye. Are you having Botox or something? Like, there's no frown lines uh, either. That's why Higgy's pushed it down for so long. It's buggered. Yeah, you always start the year, and I and I think we we can say for a long time on paper the Blues always look a million bucks. They do, but you know, you know, I think there's a. I mean, we could spend all podcast trying to figure out why results haven't gone ways and whatever. And Jipper, you, I mean, you spent a long time. This is what your tenth season of Super Rugby, and I know you've done some serious soul searching over the time. But look, it's by the by. I mean, we're we're in preseason again. Uh, the Crusaders are the defending champions, and they'll be thinking the same. They'll be thinking, right, we're good to go. Um, most of their players have re-signed. They've lost very few. They've added some more depth, uh, especially out wide. What is it with the Crusaders and, and white boy wingers, by the way? <laughs> I mean, they give more white people hope than any other team in New Zealand. It's because of those Crusaders. other Fijian wingers that they got down there as well. They've mm -hmm. got Fijian wingers and white wingers. It's great blend, eh? Yeah, it's a very good blend. Yeah. I like it. Matt Duffy for us. You've got oh, Matt Duffy. Yes. That's a good point. Yes. yes. That is a good point. Rico's not bad. Rico goes, <laughs> I know. See, I'm, see, I'm looking at your backline thinking that's all right. Let down a bit at hooker, but I mean, apart from that. <laughs> apart from that well, the Super Rugby format obviously needed to be worked on, and it has been worked on. Are you happy about the changes? I mean, that was a debacle, wasn't it? I mean, going through the Super Rugby season and then what happened over with the force uh, was a travesty for Western Australian rugby. Um, and obviously South Africa have found a new home in the Pro 14. But but are you happy that there are fewer teams and that, that, that will maybe lead to a bit more of a breather, a bit less travel? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm hoping also that because there's fewer teams, there's more more of the talent sort of not so thinly spread in, in you know, South Africa and Australia. And you know, that, that sort of didn't affect us too much, the, that debacle. Obviously, it was horrible for them. But, mm. um, you know, I think hopefully it'll make this competition stronger and, um, you know, because I think the best thing about uh, world rugby is we we need those type battles with the Wallabies and, and South Africa, and and you know that's what everyone wants to see. So if we can make sure the competition's providing that talent uh, somewhere to grow and improve, uh, that that's great for New Zealand rugby. As much as people probably don't want to, they want us to pump everyone all the time. It's you know it's not a reality that it'll continue because people get bored with watching it. So. Mm. 
Um, from that aspect, I think it's good. And then from our aspect, travel and stuff, uh, for me, honestly, it's just part of the job. I don't think too much about it. So if I've got to go somewhere, I've got to go somewhere. And if I don't, I don't. It's, it's pretty much as simple as that for me. Fair enough. Um, it, well, I thought it was an entertaining Super Rugby season. I thought the way the Crusaders were able to go and beat the Lions um, yeah. on their home deck is an historic victory in Super Rugby. Not helped, of course, uh, from a Lions perspective by the by the sending yeah. off. But, you know, look, I, I think the Crusaders will, will gladly take that title regardless. I of think the, they deserved it too as well. I do too. If, if you look at um, the Lions not playing a New Zealand side and, you know, for the whole sort of time before the playoffs, so I think... Um, albeit they're a classy outfit, but the Crusaders did it tough that whole season mm. and they had to play New Zealand sides a lot uh, more than obviously other teams. So I think they fully deserve that one. I'm with you. We moved out of Super Rugby, boys. Well, almost um, in the middle of Super Rugby, really, uh, into the Lions series. And uh, we know it finished in a draw at the test level, but um, well, wasn't it great to see a tour? Mm. And um, Jipper, I mean... You know, if there's one shining light for you blokes this season, and surely that victory at Eden Park in front of uh, 50,000 people yeah. against the Lions. I mean, that amazing achievement. The massive thing for us is to sort of... That's where our belief can be created from. Um, you know, that's a big fixture, big game, and, and the difference was our big players played really well. And, and, you know, if you talk about the Crusaders, you know, I think you were mentioning before outside, of the, you know, about Sam Whitelock and guys like that consistently playing really well. Well, you know, players like myself and obviously other All Blacks and, and the Blues have just got to do that every week and, and really pave the way for, for our young guys to grow um, throughout the Super campaign because when we can put it on, you know, I know we don't have Stephen, but Stephen was outstanding that night. Jeez, Sonny, was he ever. Sonny was massive. Mm. You know, um, other guys, even like Blake Gibson and, and guys like that stood up. So, you know, Offer as well, Chaz. I know Chaz is gone as well, but it's it's those sort of players that we need big games from every week and leading the charge in terms of, you know, statistics and, and you know, really showing that they're there for a reason at that high level. So, you know, that's a massive factor for us building into this next season is using that Lions victory as something that, you know, we can build on rather than just sit back and enjoy as a once-off. What was the occasion like? I mean, we were watching, obviously, so uh, a different perspective for, uh, for us. But what was it like to to lead the team during the build-up to that game and, and in the game itself? Yeah, it's probably one of the most enjoyable weeks um, in my rugby career. It's, um, you know, I was sitting in the stands as an 18-year-old the last time they were here and, um, you know, bought a ticket and, and, you know, sat with the old man down in Jade Stadium and, and watched that test match and, um, you know, I didn't even think that I could ever play a part in a Lions tour at that stage. I was just, you know, a club battler. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, and, you know, to be there 12 years later and to be a, the skipper and, and then to get the result, um, it's fair to say I, I celebrated uh, for a few days afterwards. As you should, yes, mate. mate. As you should. I'm still... So- <laughs> even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Celebrating, Jim. <laughs> what, what was your team talk like? Go on, peel, peel back the curtain for us. Let, it, let us inside the shed just before you ran out. No, uh, look, I don't say too much um you know i'm a firm believer um games are won and lost at the start of the week in, in terms of your planning and your preparation and uh, i think any sort of emotive stuff is, is lost on people if if you're relying on that uh, that's when you'll get inconsistent results because you know it is such a wave emotion and if you can't control that then you know that's when you can get those up and down performances so no, i don't say too much i'm very much straight to the fact and the point and, and sticking to the game plan and you know, letting letting you know our nines and tens to sort of run run the process. Do you ever give a good team talk, Millsy? Come on, mate. I can't even remember. Actually, my... no, your team talk didn't sound that good because didn't you lose that game? You captain in the All Blacks. Yeah, I know. I all I oh, knew is it's uh, a harsh line from me, by the way. I might, <laughs> just, I might just go away. <laughs> I um, by the end of the season, the guys had sort of started to count out how many f bombs I was using. So I, I sort of you a big swearer. Yeah, I, I tend to get a little bit emotional and throw a few <laughs> f's uh, here and here and there. So. You know, Stephen Donald and uh, and Richard Cowhey would start counting them sort of every sort of team talk. I uh, <laughs> had to stop. So I, I was conscious of that. But You've really worked on your language since then. Oh, yeah. So I hardly ever hear you swear now. Oh, mate, I, no, not, not, not around you. No, no, Sumo. I'm, I'm pretty good. But to go on to, uh, to Jipper's point, I think, you know, why I was, I was, I was sort of talking about um, the Blues' chances next year is I think they're quite settled now. You know, there's always that talk about the 9 and the 10 um, combination. I think Augustine um, Paulu was massive. Um, now you've got um, Peter Feta, who's who's back, who's had a who's had a season under. You know, he played that game and the Lions game, so that would just feed, you know, quite a bit of confidence. But that night there, I remember watching it. It was just a magical night to see them win. And, you know, I um, know uh, who was it? Uh, Ehi West scored that, that winning try, and he's gone now to the to the Canes. But certainly the the Blues can draw some, um, I suppose, confidence from that. But wasn't it wasn't it magical? I, I, and to go to the All Blacks, I remember sitting there after the All Blacks, you know defeated them in that first test I was thinking this is going to be a 3-0 you know they're going to go and analyse the crap out of this and it's going to be a boring uh, series but man did the Lions come back and you've got to commend uh, the Lions for that because man they come back well didn't they I, I thought they did and I, I thought it was an incredible act of coaching and management to get the Lions through that tour oh. you remember the start of the the start of the tour it was called but, a suicide mission yeah. I mean five super rugby teams the Māori All Blacks, who, who were very disappointing on the night, but that to one side. The Provincial Barbarians, it was a strong was, team. I mean, yeah. it was a great team, boys, that. Um, and then the three tests against the All Blacks, so I think to draw the series uh, was an amazing achievement. And the fact that they could have won that series as well, mm. I think it just means that Lions as a brand, the British and Irish Lions, is, is alive and well. Oh, it's very much alive. And I think there was some talk that they perhaps... They might they might chop it. Uh, I don't know where they, that that's what that's got to at the moment, but certainly from the tour this year, it was absolutely amazing. So you hope that doesn't happen. And the the supporters, you know, the passion that they showed, um, you know, they, they've also sort of helped our economy a little bit. Um, and and it was just you know they actually show 
they showed Kiwis how to support as well. They even took two to the Mainaiwi as theirs, didn't they? In the end? Yeah, well, that's typical <laughs> when you come up with an inorganic uh, creation to get the crowd all jazzed up using a, uh, a Māori song and then the Lions just take it for themselves and change the <laughs> words. But um, happy days. Um, we will live and we will learn perhaps one day that you should just let the crowd do what they want to do <laughs> instead of pumping really loud music into their ears for an entire 80 minutes of a test match. But however, we move on to Maybe the Rugby Championship, boys. Um what about that victory over South Africa, 57 donut at Albany? Is that go down as the worst Tier 1 team performance of the year? Or did it get uh, some competition from Australia's absolute capitulation against the Sweeties last weekend? Mm. No red card for South Africa, yeah. so um, you'd have to... 15 Probably. on 15. See you yeah. later. That's it. 57 duck. And yeah. Albany's such a great spot uh, to play footy. So. <laughs> Albany's such a, such a great home deck. Uh, you know it so well. It's a fortress now, mate. What the hell happened in that game? I'm trying to think back because the rugby championship kind of just goes by in a blur these days. But, I mean, that game will forever stick out of my mind. You'd think to yourself, was it some pent-up anger on half of the All Blacks who had drawn that series were disappointed and they just came out hissing in that game? I... I I cannot put my finger on why they were so good, why South Africa was so bad, and why that scoreline blew out the way it did. Yeah, I can't either. And, and lots were, were, was talked about the, the hype around that game in Albany, the fact that uh, you know obviously the Lions were in this, the the finals of Super Rugby. Yes, the, the uh, South Africans drew against the Australians the week before, but there was just so much about how the culture had changed in South African rugby, and this was just going to be one of those massive games. And mm. then all of a sudden. Unlucky us. Oh, unlucky, all right. But that, you've, got first... to put it, you've got to put it down to Wayne Smith, don't you? you well, no. Hey, it was people... his last, last, last home game uh, in, the, in the black jersey, so to speak. And that was it, you think? I think that game was one on defence. If you yeah. saw a lot of their rush, that, rush Ds. Their first 15 minutes, right? Milner the... Scudder's runaway flick past to Barrett. And, and those, that's when the All Blacks are at their best turnover ball. Mm. And that's all created through defensive pressure. Mm. And that night, I thought that was one of their best defensive efforts of the year. What about the end of year tour? Because after the rugby championship, I think their run meters dropped about 200 per game. Their carries dropped under 100 per game. Every one of their offensive stats dropped down over that uh, end of year tour, the Autumn Internationals. And their tackle count went through the roof. Yeah. And amazingly, they were not, they missed fewer tackles while making more than any other opponent on this Northern Hemisphere tour, if that makes any sense to you. Uh, Wales missed more tackles than the All Blacks, but had to make 50 fewer. Mm. Uh, and this was the story of the French game. It was the story of um, the Scottish game. It was the story of the Welsh game. It was quite a remarkable performance, ultimately defensively, with a new defensive coach in Stormy McLeod. Yeah, and it, it was sort of interesting. I think you know the, the the Brisbane game probably showed a lot of teams what they needed to do. You know, hold on to the ball a lot longer. Mm. Don't give the uh, the All Blacks you know as much time in the back when they're counterattacking, and, and perhaps. You know, um, you know the times that the All Blacks did have to have the ball in hand was like deep in their own half, and so to come out of that was was quite difficult. Which, um, in effect, they had to kick, and so other teams were holding on to the ball a bit longer. But the defensive, um, you know, that was probably the byproduct really that they had to defend more because teams were holding on to the ball. But in terms of the explosiveness, you know, when they did get turnover ball, or when they did have a set piece, or when they did have a few phases with the ball in hand. You know, they, they made things count, whereas other teams just, just simply can't do that. The longer yep. teams seem to hold on to the ball, the worse it gets. And that brings us back to that notion of belief. You know, all we hear all too is that all these teams don't fear the All Blacks, they believe they can win. I call bullshit on that. Yeah, they're <laughs> talking themselves into it. 100%. Yeah. 
Uh, but the, you, you've got to have the fundamental skill level to get the job done. I mean, Wales, why Wales didn't win that game by 30 points uh, in that test match is beyond me. It's just a one-dimensional game, though. Like One-off runners is just too easy to defend in this day and age, especially you know with the talent that we've got in the All Blacks. And you, know, you can just rush up and, and you know take your man. You don't have to worry about someone out the back or if someone's coming through the middle or you know if they're going to give an inside ball. All those things you don't have to think about because it's just so obvious it's going to one guy then the other two are cleaning. Mm, yeah. And if they can have some real active bodies of motion, which the Lions, I thought, did really well. They did. And, and especially that Welsh game, that you know, there was no... You know, he wasn't very active behind the, those forward runners. The times, they did, the times they did score, though, they were yeah. great. Were sensational the, tries. They were all, all set piece. Yeah, they were all active. Yeah, exactly. all active from set piece, and because yeah. they're trained so yeah, all yeah, the time. So, so well during the week, they can execute it. But it's when it's 16, 17 phases, they, they can still execute those skills. Uh, that late in the piece it's just obviously that as we spoke about the other day you know they're obviously not training it enough to be able to you know finish those opportunities off just had the world rugby awards what a glamour night in monaco <laughs> was it monaco <laughs> what the <laughs> hell what, the, what you're it's not fifa <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is it with hey, world, get in there mate what Come is on. it with world rugby just so badly wanting to be fifa so the world rugby awards <laughs> in monaco um and uh let, let's uh just hold back on taking the piss for a second about that uh the black ferns an historic win for them yeah. becoming the first uh, women's team to be named uh world rugby team of the year deal or no deal yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome for the game. I think it's great, and to see them acknowledge and to see how much it meant to them, you know, you can't put a price on that, and, and for what that night will have for them as memories, and you know, World Cups a big thing, and and if you look at throughout the international stage on the, in the men's side, you know, there's been a lot of inconsistent results for everyone. Mm. So you know, they they took their chance, got a trophy, and you know, got rewarded for uh, it. And the amateurs. You know, they're up against a professional outfit, and I think there's a couple of professional Well, outfits. can I put a disclaimer on that too? Because this was pointed out to me. I wrote a column on Rugby Pass about the Black Ferns victory um, where I said, you know, England were the only professional rugby team. Let us not forget, their contracts were all cancelled just before the tournament began. Oh, really? So uh, technically that's the first time a team full of unemployed people have uh, rolled up to uh, the Rugby World Cup and I didn't mention that because I wanted to write about the Black Ferns but it should be acknowledged that wow. yeah, the RFU did cancel their 15s contracts just before the tournament what? What? To, to pump money into sevens so uh, you know the, I think they were lucky in a sense that I think many of them if not most if not all uh, got to go back and play pro rugby club rugby Yeah. Uh, but yeah in terms of um, a drop in the bomb just before a World Cup yeah they were told that their, um, their funding would be cut for their Shucks. professional international contracts so uh, I think that needs stating. And also, I mean, that decision now looks pretty poor when you consider World Rugby have, and let's throw them a bouquet, that's a brave decision. Mm. It's a great decision. And there are very few global sports that would have named a women's team as their team of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I take a bow, um, World Rugby, because they certainly... Uh, you know, they certainly deserved it. And to name it like that, it's, it was fantastic. And as Jipper said, I mean, to, you've seen what it meant to the girls, you know, as well, you know, having been there. And so I'm looking forward to, the, what, is, what do they call it now? The ASB Awards? The ASB Rugby Awards, yeah. Well, we'll see if New Zealand Rugby follows suit or, uh, you know, I'm sure they would have been nominated for Team of the Year uh, anyway. Um, and it wouldn't be the first time they have won Team of the Year mm. at the New Zealand Rugby Awards. Black Ferns won a few years ago as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that night. What does it mean, though, um, for the women's game? Because they've been acknowledged on merit here as the best team in world rugby. 
Uh, and like you said, Mills, I mean, this is a team full of students, teachers, nurses, you know, police, policemen, uh, police officers, should I say. Uh, what does it mean for them? I mean, are we going to get substantive change and in investment in a women's competition so that these ladies can one day aspire to be full-time professional athletes? Well, I think, first of all, I think it's massive. Uh, I mean, we spoke about this on the podcast a wee while back, you know, that you know, you'd hope that someone would, would invest into a competition and not call it, you know, have have it sort of side by side. So you're not having a, um, a curtain raiser type of scenario. You have a competition. Um, and, you know, usually when we talk about women's rugby, it's it's the sevens because it's it's um, it's flamboyant. You know, there's a bit of space and things like that. But when you come back to the technical aspects, you know, some of these girls, you know, they've got it, you know, nailed, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the physicality that they put into it is, is, is massive. And so... Um, when you sit here and you see that, you know, you're just hoping that there's some people out there that are going to invest in, in the women's game in, in terms of the 15s because there's some talent out there. I agree. Kelly Brazier wearing a tux too to the World Rugby Awards. She is all-time badass, that woman. Eh? She is all-time. <laughs> you see some of those girls' sharp, guns, mate? Hey? Unreal. Did you see some of the... Oh. oh, Michaela's guns. Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah Michaela has done a lot of beach weights. Oh. Yep. She's got bigger biceps than you. Oh, secrets, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been in the gym for a month, please. Well, it's granted, you've had shoulder surgery. And mind you, you've only got half a bicep. One <laughs> hey, hey, don't so, be telling hey, people that, mate. So, <laughs> no, that's the thing is big. Come on, mate. Finally, finally, to end the year, um, just after we've credited World Rugby with an astonishing move to name a women's team as their team of the year, uh, they go and ban sevens players writing um, biblical quotes and uh, messages to their children on their wristbands. Eat shit. What are you talking? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Oh, mate. What you know? Look, if you can't express yourself on a piece of tape around your wrist, then what the hell is the point? I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. You're not inciting a riot because you've quoted Philippians on your wristband. Yeah. How, how can you even read it on TV anyway? I don't know, like what, what, because someone wrote Standing Rock once on his wristband as Kane Hames did, what, he wrote Standing Rock on his wristband, great, he was told he couldn't do it, and 500 protesters were arrested in Standing Rock, <laughs> great, so what, what side are you coming down on, I mean, you know, uh, badass for putting a, a message on your wrist, or badass for building a pipeline <laughs> through Native American land. I know which side I'm coming down on, oh. and it ain't the dude riding Standing Rock on his oh, wrist. It's just, it was just, this just someone at World Rugby going, oh, I don't like all these messages on there, a bit of tape, and this looks sort of doesn't look right, proper rugby, is it? Ajipa, you, are, you, I mean, you don't do you, write what do you write on, on tape, there? do you? No, I don't write anything on. You, on, you on my see arms. that you're, <laughs> you're anti-emotion. We've, we've, we've picked that today, uh, but a lot of boys do, right? Yeah, yeah. Heaps of people put their kids and put their kids' names and. Well, and I mean, what I mean, Bible verses. And that's right. Are we now going to take off? I mean, the the, the Springboks had uh, Nelson Mandela's um, what's his uh, oh, credit number on well, there. What has he ever done? Oh, <laughs> what has Mandela ever done? He can't have his number on there. I mean, that's political, isn't it? Uh, well, oh. I'm only joking. Great man, Nelson Mandela. I, this is my point, though. It's yeah. a slippery slope, isn't it? And uh, then, what if you got a beef with a sponsor? Take that off a jersey. Right, exactly. How is it we can have corporate sponsors on jerseys and a player France, can't write 20, a first twenty twenty three? That. Hey? I, I, don't, I don't get this. It's just like, just when you think this organisation has got itself together, this comes out. I mean, the fact the International Rugby Players Association didn't know about it either says that they're asleep or that this has just been tried, you know, well, let's just shove that under. They're in Monaco, mate, when it happened. They're in Monaco. What do you reckon? Gee. Uh, it's just enough. Let people express them. What are you going to do? Ban sleeve tattoos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Ben Tarmukul? Because, hey, no, we don't want that shit going on here. I mean, come on. Oh. You know, rugby's supposed to be a game about personality. You know, like, don't take the personality out of it. And if people want to make a stand against something, let them take a stand against I, it. I love to see one of the forwards. Yeah, put right. white, white tape around here. But the thing is, like, if you're crocky and you're taping up, you could write the entire Bible around, <laughs> the, around that tape. I mean, that's how much tape it takes to bloody get around that big melon. I, I don't know. I, I find this bizarre. I, I, I understand that in this sanitised world of, of corporate capriciousness, that's, that's what has to happen, but I'm sorry. Yeah. If a corporate sponsor or donor or a country or leader of a um, despotic empire gets upset because you've put a message to your children on your wristband, um, then they can beat it. Yeah. Silly. Yeah. Anyway, we'll finish up. Jippo, when are you back in the altitude tank again? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have another beer for you. Yeah. I actually feel for you when you arrived tonight. I'll I, see you in the video. I thought you were tired just because you walked up the stairs. Oh, you didn't mate. tell me you'd walked up half of Everest. Oh, tell you, I'm not excited to get back there. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure to bring you the short ball this season on rugbypass.com. Enjoy the rest of the uh, northern season. It's uh, still all go, of course. We're going to take a break here in the south because... Uh, it's time. time. Yeah, I've got to get my sluggers on and hit well, the It's time for you guys. I've got to, <laughs> he's, he's going into an altitude tank. Uh, I'm going to go get my speedos and I've got to teach you how to swim over summer. Music. Yeah, yeah, I'd appreciate that. It's just the kicking. You've got to get the kicking. And I, hey, hey, let's. I do know how to swim. I know you know how to swim. You I just, just want to swim better. swim better. I know. Thank you. It's lucky I'm like a whale. I'm slow on land, but I'm quick in the water. Good on you, mate. All right. Kia ora, Kato. We will see you guys. Have a very Merry Christmas, all of the Rugby Pass uh, viewers. Watchers, listeners and readers, and um, we'll catch in the new year, we think, with uh, the short ball. You back next year? Oh, I don't know, mate. It depends on what? you, isn't it? Well, I, they'll probably have, have you. Have you? They, they, I haven't signed they still like have you, you signed a contract? They're, no. Have you seen anything? No. I'm going to put some wrist tape on. Can I, uh, <laughs> can I jump in on this? <laughs> Are you coming back, Jipper? Oh, mate, I'd love to. Yes. Get me on board. I, I know. I, yeah, Jipper's back. Workaholic, mate. Jip, Jipper's back. We'll see you guys in 2018. Enjoy the break. Merry Christmas. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.